invest in what you understand. Um, when you do that, investing becomes extremely easy. Because when it goes up, you know exactly why it went up. Because unless there is like a 2020 event and everything goes up for no reason. But when things go down and you don't know what you own, then you start panicking, you don't know what's going on. But when you do know what, you're, what you own, then you know exactly the business is still doing good. Market is just doing its thing. Just like right now, we have some macro environment thing going on, inflation rates, everything. So invest in what you understand and the rest will just be very, very easy. Hey, fellow Stock Guardians, welcome to the show. This is the first episode in 2022 and we've got a treat for you. Couch Investor is one of the latest investors and creators that join the Stock Crash Portfolio Center. He's got two portfolios on Portfolio Center and he's going to tell about those two portfolios uh, in a second. But before we even talk about those portfolios, let's say hi to Neil or Couch Investor and um, just get started with the conversation. Neil, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Very, very excited. Excellent. Well, let's just jump in into Couch Investor. Why the name Couch Investor? I know the story actually. I know it's an interesting story mm -hmm. behind it. That's why I'm asking. But like, let's let's talk about it. Where did you come up with the idea of Couch Investor? So it started. The channel started at the very very start of this pandemic. It's almost two years actually, which is a bit a bit crazy. But uh, I was on my couch. I was investing. And at the time, everybody was a couch potato. So I was like, hmm, might be, might be a good name for, for a YouTube channel. So it became Couch Investor. And that's why actually the logo is a potato on a couch, which is a couch potato. That is super cool. I actually, the first time I saw it, I had a good laugh. And I like how, uh, yeah, the, the, the logo is a cute potato and you kind of put it in different couches. So that's super cool. But um, I also, before I heard the story from you, I kind of also thought about, the idea of a good investor is potentially a couch potato. <laughs> the, mm -hmm. If you've heard this from some of like old school things from Warren Buffett, that best investors basically or Charlie Munger, that they sit down on their hands and don't do nothing. And that's the secret to their success. So is it just, I'm reading too much into this, um, to this analogy, or have you also thought about that side of like, I want to sit on my hands and do nothing and kind of grow my portfolio from there? No. So, at the start, everything I knew was from Charlie Munger, from Warren Buffett, from Benjamin Graham. So I had this value investing type of vibe surrounding my portfolio, which was fully, fully value-wise, value-based. I had things like Pfizer, funny enough, um, but Intel, stuff like that, things that had very, very low PE ratios. So I have that side of the old school way, which is a great way, by the way, because when there's so much noise, the best thing you can do is just do nothing. So yeah, there is that part of doing nothing in investing is probably the best thing you can do. But on the other side, I wanted to be like the chill vibe, normal type of investor that everybody can be if he really wants to, he or she. Cool. So is that sort of like the history of you as an investor? Did you start it as a value investor and also started gradually at you sort of like growth and momentum kind of stuff? Like, or maybe just walk us through how your, what was that aha moment in your life? And you said, oh, I want to be an investor. Uh, and then like, so kind of talk through your journey, how, how you, you started and how's your evolved, how have you evolved as an investor to today? Yeah. So 
funny enough, I did a video about this last week um, on my channel, but in short, it started in high school. Um, I took some economics classes and then I entered a simulation game about the stock market by the biggest bank in Belgium. So this was my first real like exposure to stocks, even though it was a game, but it was a reflection of what was happening. At one point I was in the top 100, but then there was this thing in Egypt. So the market crashed. And then I was like, hmm, interesting. Yesterday I was top 100. Today I'm like in the thousands, everything crashed. I was like, okay, that's how the stock market works. Very, very interesting. And that was around 2011, I believe. Then I didn't do anything besides research and reading up until 2016. Then I started to invest basically in those value companies. Even though I, I did have Microsoft, um, I did have Monster Beverages. I wanted Red Bull. Red Bull is a private company. I went to festival, music festivals. I saw a lot of people drinking energy drinks. I was like, hmm, seems to work very well. So let's invest in that company. But since then, I started to read even more. And I was like, look, I was 22 back then, 23. Um, I'm still young. So maybe it's time to pick up some riskier businesses. And that's how my portfolio evolved. Um, obviously, it has grown tremendously throughout the year. Yes, 2020 was a great year. 2021, not so much. But again, right now, I'm just 27. So I don't really care much what happens in those short uh, periods of time. Yeah, you have the luxury of time, as they say, right? You could just sit down on your hands or on your couch and, yeah. and wait for it. That's super cool. And by the way, did you keep your, have you, are, have you still have those uh, Monster and uh, Microsoft uh, stocks in your portfolio? Sometime? So, no, I, Microsoft, I wish, because mm -hmm. um, obviously it has been a tremendous company with the cloud business picking up. Mm -hmm. uh, Monster, no, I I was like, at first, everything was going well because it was going up tremendously. And I sold, and then I bought a much better company back in 2019, a little company called Tesla, mm -hmm. um, which is my largest holding right now. Um, so no, pretty happy, pretty happy with that. Good. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. So you do make some changes as you kind yeah. of find new mm -hmm. interesting opportunities. Yeah, no, my portfolio has completely, completely changed, especially in 2020. I started the year with so many positions, but way too small because I was very, very diversified in value, mm -hmm. in growth, and then in, in some bank stocks, which are mm -hmm. mostly neutral dividend stocks, et cetera. And then I was like, no, let's stream here and there. Now I'm down to 20 stocks, um, but most of my portfolio is concentrated in my top two, top three positions anyway. So mm -hmm. everything that's below there, it's just, okay, come along the way, your interesting companies. Eventually, if it works out, it will have a positive effect on my portfolio, but the main main parts are probably my top two, which are 40, 45% of the portfolio. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. So um, in your, I mean, obviously as a young investor, you, you already have lots of experience, but also lots of, lots of learnings, I would assume, as you said, like I keep everybody as a good investor, we all keep learning. So on that topic of learning, what is one rule or advice or book or maybe even YouTube channel or anyone that who has taught you something so drastic about investing that has influenced your way of thinking? Is there any any source of that sort of like wisdom that helped you shape your 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 career as an investor? Yeah. So Peter Lynch, his book One Up on Wall Street, um, one of my favorite books, and it's extremely easy to read and to understand. 
which goes into the next point, which is invest in what you understand. Um, when you do that, investing becomes extremely easy because when it goes up, you know exactly why it went up because unless there is like a 2020 event and everything goes up for no reason, but when things go down and you don't know what you own, then you start panicking. You don't know what's going on. But when you do know what, you're, what you own, then you know exactly the business is still doing good. Market is just doing its thing. Just like right now, we have some macro environment things going on, inflation rates, everything. So invest in what you understand and the rest will just be very, very easy. Yeah, I like that. It's a very um, easy to understand advice, but very difficult to implement, I'd say especially when yeah. the market is growing going like for example all this talk about gene editing and it's it's very or like biotech or pharmaceutical these are difficult companies to understand especially if you don't have science background just looking at like clinical trial data trying to figure out what is happening and you know what does that mean if, if it was good was it good is it but if it was not bad like what is it really what is really happening it's very difficult to evaluate and then when they're going up, you're always like, well, who cares, right? They're going yeah. up, Ooh, so you mess. But then when it's going down, or if they have a bad, bad quarter or something like that, or bad results, then it's very difficult to kind of stick with them if you don't really understand. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, that's why at first I was covering some genomic stocks on my, on my channel. I did own, I think, a couple not for long. Yeah. Then I went into the ARC Genomic ETF, which is much easier because it's an ETF and they basically follow all those companies. Yeah. But yeah, in certain topics, it's extremely difficult to know exactly what's going on there. All right. I love it. So one up uh, Wall Street, that's that's the stuff. I actually, the book, I haven't yet read it, but uh, it's on my to-do list. Maybe we we do some sort of a book club and future series of soccer and kind of like read it and they kind of like summarize what we learned from it. It's a really good book. A lot of people have recommended for sure. So um, let's talk about your portfolio on the stock card and then we'll come back to some good stock mm -hmm. advice and discussion. Uh, you have two portfolios on the stock card. Do you want to kind of go through each of them and kind of tell us about what is your strategy and what is the plan for each of them? Yeah, so one is the four stocks to rule them all. Um, which is basically four stocks that I do not own in my personal portfolio, um, but I love the companies. And it's a portfolio where I add a specific amount each and every month, regardless of the price. Obviously, it's not a big amount because I'm not, I don't have a tree with money hanging on. Um, so it's like a small amount, but it goes into the four stocks each month. Doesn't matter if it's up or down. Um, now we have, I have NVIDIA, Google, Microsoft, and uh, C Limited in there, obviously big companies, but when you're that good, bigger will eventually become bigger. Um, and the second portfolio is the Couch Gang portfolio, which is a portfolio for the channel, which is basically whenever I cover a company and I feel it's time to add to our position, it will be added to that portfolio. That way the viewers, the subscribers can follow along. If they want, they can just click on the link, the reason why we bought it, and they land on the video and get more and more and more information. Great way to track how we perform throughout the year. Great way to follow great companies as well. 
I think the fact that you have these two, one is sort of like less active in more business fundamentals and sort of like a passive. And then the other one is more active and sort of follow along with your content. So um, I really like that style. I have to say your four stock picks for like four, four to rule them all are pretty, uh, pretty interesting, but also diverse, like from ge geographical, like C Limited is, is the other side of the world and then Microsoft is this side of the world. Um, why? So I have a question for you. Why did you choose these four versus maybe going with a with an index? Um, what was your logic in terms of these are the four that I really keep buying as opposed to like most people go with an index. Like I do the same thing. Like I have this automated sort of like 401k plan that 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 is basically for me and for my husband. And then we just like just buy 40% global index and then 60% US index. And that's all we do when we never touch it. And that's just sort of our like, passive investing but what is your what is your um um you know I, i'm curious to learn when mm -hmm. did you choose the specific stocks to go for your like uh, passive uh, portfolio yeah so for c limited it's basically to have this coverage of southeast asia obviously they're also in uh, latin america right now starting to go into europe um still let's say early on in their journey even though they are like i don't know 60, 70 billion dollar company or something like that. Um, and I don't have them in my portfolio, but in the main portfolio, it's much difficult, much more difficult to add new position because then you have to build up. If you don't have that much liquidity, it, it ruins the performance. So that's why it's in the four stocks to rule them all. And I'm going to build it over time with small amounts. Um, then NVIDIA, NVIDIA for everything that has to do with semiconductors, AI, and all of that, probably the, the leader, let's say, in that area, um, whether or not they are going to acquire ARM, that remains to be seen, but that's always been uh, on the sideline for me. Um, yes, it has, it has had a great run-up last year, but again, great companies will, comp will continue to perform very, very well. And then Google and Microsoft, you cannot go wrong with them. Yes, could have gone with an index because both of them are heavily, heavily weighted there. Um, I believe like the top five, six companies are from the NASDAQ 150%. Yeah. So if they move up, the index moves up. But if you go with two specific ones and they move up more, then yeah. it outperforms a little bit. And since it's just four stocks, might as well pick the two that I do not own because I own Amazon and Facebook in, in the main portfolio. Mm -hmm. Oh, makes and, sense. Yeah. And Google is is very, very underappreciated. Uh, YouTube itself is as big as, as Netflix and growing faster. So yeah. there is that. And Good. as I'm saying, Google, my phone starts listening to the conversation. <laughs> so I think it's interesting. In a way, you created a passive investing that is also growth-oriented. It could outperform the index by choosing and picking these interesting mm -hmm. stocks that are also like cash rich and really strong companies so then the down downfall risk is not, is not that big and then you're going to outperform an index 
um, by choosing, by hand selecting some of the sort of like index picks. That's smart. That's a very good strategy. Now I know a stock guardians uh, usually love to hear one stock. Uh, everybody obviously wants to learn, but everybody also love learning and picking a stock. So we have two back-to-back -back questions to, for you. What is one stock that you're interested in now and you would buy now and why? And then flip it on its head. And then what is one stock you hate and you don't want to invest now and why? The first one, I'm probably going to be biased because it's obviously a stock I own. It's the largest one. It's it's Tesla. It's going to be Tesla for a long time um, because it's even though, again, even though it's gone up I don't know, since 2019, actually, since I bought it, I've almost 30 X the investment, which is crazy, um, but it still has a long way to go. Um, as we've seen the numbers for the deliveries and productions last week, incredible beat like across was 16% or so from the highest analyst estimate, which is incredible. Um, if you look 10 years, 20 years from now, let's say 20 years from now, most of the world would drive EVs. Um, I'm pretty sure Tesla is going to be the leader, not just for, because it's not just a car company for me. It has never been just a car company. It's much more than that. Mm -hmm. um, they've proven that they own the whole supply chain from top to bottom. And if they do not own one thing, they're probably way ahead of the competition. So everything that has a shortage, they're already ahead of plan. So it helps. And show me another company that continues to grow over 50% each and every year for the last couple of years and is still as big as Tesla. I don't know if we can find many companies like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's going to be Tesla. I know some people will say it's expensive, but the numbers don't lie. Um, and then one stock that I will not buy, very difficult because there are lots, there are lots of companies I wouldn't touch right now. Um, lots of hype stocks, also meme stocks, etc. And especially in the environment now, it's dangerous because everything that isn't, let's say, not even profitable, but everything that doesn't make sense business-wise is the business isn't working. For example, if you have to push a truck down the hill to prove a point, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, so I don't know if I can pick one stock, but a high speculative stock that hasn't proven anything yet is probably a no-go today and then forever, actually. How do you decide that? Like when you look at a stock, how would you decide this is a highly speculative stock? Because it's, it, it gets very difficult. Like some of them creates really good brand. And then you look at their plans are all exciting, right? And they have good backings and things like that, but like, there's no product out there. Um, so how, how, what are a few metrics you look at to kind of decide, oh, this is just all hype and I don't really think it's worth investing in. So usually you can, if you look at the management and the way they talk, you can figure something out. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give an example, which obviously I missed the boat on that. Neo before 2020 was close to bankruptcy. I believe the stock was at $1, $2. And I was watching that company at the time. Obviously, I did not invest because next week could be at zero and the, the company is bankrupt. Obviously, since then, the, the company has gone up 30 times as well. Yeah. Um, but if you would have bought a company back then, it would have been a gamble. Mm. And gambling is something you do in the casino. And yes, sometimes maybe the stock market as, as well. But over time, it will catch up to you and, and you'll probably lose. Um, other than that, usually when they report earnings, you can see if something is going the right way or the wrong way. Mm 
suddenly they start spending more and more and more when nothing comes in they're usually uh, there's usually a red flag here and there but management is management is crucial um you can see a lot when someone talks on tv or on twitter or whatever he will slip up mm. and how do you deal with this sort of like emotional agony of saying no to a company that is like all hype and then he's watching let's keep going up and keep going up and obviously there's this whole notion of like fundamentally understand well based on the facts that was available to me it is it was not good and even it's not right now it's not good but like how do you deal with that emotional reaction every or do you even have that emotional reaction of like okay is it is am i doing it right because like this guy and that guy didn't even do half of my research and they're like 20x up or whatever it is like how do you deal with that sort of like reaction to the market uh, it's it's difficult i'm sure a lot of wall street analysts feel the same since 2020 if they were looking at people that invested in GameStop, in AMC, and all of that, and suddenly they are performed them for the next five years because the returns there were, were incredible. Uh, yes, you have this fear of missing out aspect. Um, I unfortunately went into that stage as well in 2020 when everything was going up, made some mistake, added to my positions when things were way too high, obviously got wrecked over time. Um, but it's things you probably have to go through in your investing journey because not everything goes up always. Um, your portfolio will suffer sometimes, yes. Um, but again, if you want to retire earlier, let's say, these are the things you, you need to go through. Um, short-term pain for long-term gain is, is, a, good, is a good sentence. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, I will feel it again probably in the next couple of years when, when things will go up tremendously or right now, let's say with NFTs and crypto, people make millions by flipping digital uh, images. Do I own it? No, but what can I do? I don't understand how it works. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, you just, you just watch on the sidelines. If people are making money, great. As long as you do not lose money, uh, that's, that's a good case scenario. That's true. That's really a uh, mature way of looking at it. It's very hard, uh, but I... I'm no, it's not, extremely hard. It's extremely hard, yeah. Kind of like focusing around things you understand and putting boundaries around it and then kind of like figuring out... For me personally, if I want to confess, is that for me, it's always like, okay, I don't understand this thing, but like, let me go try to understand it. And then as you start getting on understanding something, then you get excited about it. And then when you get excited about it, then you're like... Oh my god let's go into it so i always have this like tendency of like oh i don't understand this thing let me go understand it and then i'm always like oh this is interesting let's explore it and then at some point you're like oh my god there's like so many things that you know a little bit about but maybe you didn't really get a chance to dig deep into it and you got excited about all of them so it's 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 difficult to manage it very yeah, no. since this was me back in 2017 2018 in the first crypto bull run yeah i didn't understand what the heck was going on yeah started to go deep into it a bit too deep um so during the next two years and some three years even um i was down on all my crypto holdings obviously i got lucky because last year everything went up and even higher so yes the things that i still had were in extreme profit but then again did it make sense probably not no. even though i made i made right. enough money for for a gamble like this Good, good. And are you still invested in crypto at all or did you get out of so, it? So 
this year I got completely out of individual cryptocurrencies mm. um, and invested in Coinbase because the risk reward there is, in my opinion, better yeah. as a long-term investor because it doesn't really matter that much if it goes up a lot or down a lot as much as long as there is volatility and volume I'm, i'll be good and they are going into nfts as well they will open the marketplace and i've seen the volume there which is incredible mm -hmm. um, institutions are buying in are going through coinbase as well so for me it makes more sense especially at the price coinbase coinbase was back when i bought it Mm. Uh, which is which is approximately the price it is today. Mm -hmm. um, it's relatively cheap, uh, especially at the rate that they're growing. So, yeah, yeah. No, no brainer for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So instead of taking a risk, just invest in Coinbase and Coinbase can, you know, they charge something like I'm bringing up Coinbase to stock card on my other screen as we're talking about, and Coinbase like charge something like four and a half percent, five percent for running the institutional money for for basically institutional investors, which is absolutely crazy. And as the volume to your point increases, it is it's definitely gonna have a lot of revenue potential for a long time until like sort of the fees subside and things like that. Yeah, and it's basically high growth potential, strong operations. And as of now, to your point, is like undervalued stock because analysts expect this to be $380 per share, which is much higher than what is the mm -hmm. current price, 12, based on 12 months PE ratio, which is it's very crazy. It's PE ratio is 21 times. Um, which is almost 0.8% uh, of its relative sector. So it is 20% lower than the average of its relative sector, which for a gross stock, it's unheard of, right? The PE ratio yeah. could be lower than the average of its comparable industry. So to your point is that it's probably a really good time. If, you, if somebody wants to take that risk, it's probably a very good investment at this point and at this price. Yeah, because right now it it follows the sentiment of the cryptocurrency market. If cryptos go up, it will go up. Now, right now, crypto goes down, so it will go down as well. But yeah. in a month from now, we'll have earnings report. Uh, people will see how much money they can make, even if crypto um, is down. Yeah. yeah, and it's not just Bitcoin, because Bitcoin's dominance for Coinbase has been going down for, for a while, actually. Yeah. yeah, of course, as new tokens and new currencies are coming out, there's less reliance on just Bitcoin. Makes a lot of sense. Maybe we found another stock to buy now and why <laughs> as a part of this conversation. I appreciate that. Very good. So um, let's sort of like wrap up. It's that almost 30, 30 minutes past when we started. Um, if people want to follow you and find your work, where can you find, where can they find you? Where's the name of the channel and all that good stuff? And we'll wrap it up from there. Yeah, so everybody can find me on YouTube, Couch Investor. You will probably see only one channel with a potato on the couch. Um, we just passed actually the start of the year, 20,000 subscribers. Um, you can find me on Twitter as well, Couch Investor. And I have on Spotify, but less less active. So it's mainly Twitter and YouTube. But this year is going to be much more, much more YouTube, a bit less of, of Twitter. So definitely check out uh, YouTube and then check out the portfolios on Stockcard as well.
Excellent. Yes, we'll put a link to all of that in the, the video description. And when we send this to all of our users, uh, we'll also send them the link so they can find you and follow you. And uh, excellent. Well, Neil, thanks so much for doing this. Hopefully we can have you. you back on the show very uh, in, in a few months uh, and then kind of check in with your portfolio and your performance of uh, your, your, your YouTube channel, all that good stuff. So hopefully come back Perfect. soon. Thank you. For, for sure. Come back for sure. Excellent.